On with the show. January 18th already. I mean, holy shit, people. Where the hell is this year going already? We're only, what, 18 days into this month, and already this has been one of the crappiest months that I can ever remember, and I can only say one good thing about it is that at least it's January. There's still plenty of 2023 left to kick ass, and hopefully, just hopefully, I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe we got all the bad shit out the first couple of weeks of the year. All the celebrity deaths, all the sudden deaths, all the, uh, you know, died suddenly things or whatever the hell you want to call them are, are done for the year and everybody's going to be happy and peaceful and everything else is going to be fantastic for the rest of the year. So we'll see what's going to happen. I mean, before we get through the rest of the year, we got to make it to Friday first, people. And, you know, I always promise you we're going to make it to Friday. And, hell, if we made it through last Friday, uh, that last week where everybody got COVID one after the other, I assume we can get through anything. So, oh, man. At least the good news is we don't have the COVID anymore. That's been out of the house. Um, everybody seems to be okay. Everyone's back to 100% for the most part. Uh, every kid's going back to school. I don't really have any uh, fatigue or anything anymore. The old wife's smiling again for once and cursing me out like normal. So she's got her energy back. Watching TV, everything's good. So we're just waiting for this little episode here to get out of the way. And we should be back to normal on Friday's show. So... I didn't forget about you guys, though. I do have some topics I wanted to get into today. But first, I want to ask you, how the hell are you? What's going on? How was your couple of days since we last spoke here on the show? Hope everything was great and fantastic for you. Can't believe fucking Tom Brady. Can you believe Tom Brady got kicked out of the damn playoffs? Blown out. And for those of you out there that had, I mean, any money riding on Tom Brady in this one, man. You guys obviously haven't been watching football this past season because that team has just been I'm talking about the Buccaneers have been the fucking laughing stock of the NFL pretty much all season. I mean I've this a lifeless football team. Just absolute hard offense. The defense was about the only high spot for the whole season, but they couldn't do it by themselves. That offense was just god awful, man. Uh, Giselle found a great time to leave that motherfucker because his career I mean a lot of people want to take the blame and put it on everybody else but Tom Brady. But that guy, he missed a lot of a lot of targets, overthrew a lot of his receivers, underthrew a lot of them. And then the second he'd do that, he'd start screaming at him on the sidelines like it wasn't his fault. Uh, just wasn't putting the ball where it needed to be. They weren't scoring a lot of points, and they did have a lot of drops. I mean, that's that's another thing. But it, 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 you, you win as a team and you lose as a team. And the thing about Brady, man, is 45 years old, father time is undefeated. By 45-year-old standards, he had a great season still. I mean, but by Tom Brady standards, by NFL quarterback standards, it was sub. I mean, you could have, like, look at Brock Purdy. Look what that guy's doing. The guy from the uh, 49ers, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the NFL draft. He's out there kicking ass ever since they put him in there. And I know he's got a good supporting cast around him, obviously. The 49ers are stacked, one of the best teams out there. But the thing is, you got to deliver the ball, too. I mean, I can go out there with that 49ers team, and they're not going to make it to the fucking playoffs. you got to have talent, you know? 
this guy's got talent. He's young, fresh legs. He's got more enthusiasm for the game, I guess. Tom's had a rough fucking year. He lost his supermodel wife. He's, you know, on the team without his best friend. And things just didn't work out for him. So, new coach and everything. He got exactly what he wanted. He just couldn't deliver this year. So, fully expecting him to uh, retire, hopefully. Um, they've linked him to a couple different teams now. They're saying he might go to the Raiders. Las Vegas fucking team, man. You're a single dude with all that money, and you're playing for a team that really hasn't done shit in a very long time. No matter what you know, city you put them in, they're not doing much. So I think he'd bring some excitement. Would he bring a lot of Ws? Probably not. I, I just don't see it at this point of the game. I don't see him winning you any championships. Not even He can't even carry a team to win a game really uh, as, as much as he used to. They had a couple come from behind wins that just weren't very impressive but it was still like vintage goodbye tour type stuff you know you've seen him do his last act a few times you hear Mick Jagger sing his, his number one hits at 85 fucking years old or however old the guy is you know you didn't sound as good as it did when you first heard it but it's nice to see him singing on his swan song and I guess you can kind of equate Tom Brady's uh fourth quarter heroics in a couple of games this year to that and let's just let the guy fucking go man I mean I I, I just think it's Almost grotesque at this point for an NFL team to be that desperate that they would just bring this guy in when you got other options out there. I mean, you see what, like I just mentioned, Brock Purdy. I know that's not typical, but, I mean, it, it's possible that you can just get some no-name guy, get draft capital, instead of just hitching your horse to this old man who fucking wants way too many things to go his way before he even attempts to sign for your team. Then you don't know if he's going to be there the next year. You don't know if he's going to get hit because he's so old he might break and die. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I would hitch my ride to a younger quarterback at this point. I think the Tom Brady uh, ship has sailed. And let me add to that. Fuck the Cowboys, man. Jesus, fuck the Cowboys. I, someone's got to beat these son of a bitches. I'm going to be a 49ers fan until they, and, and, until that game's over. Hopefully they beat the, the Cowboys. And hopefully the Giants can beat those fucking Eagles, man. The Eagles have been... Uh, thorn in our side for I don't even know how many years now they just been they've always seemed to get the better of us been Giants get hot at the right time they're probably one of the hottest teams in football right now uh, looking good Danny Dimes set NFL record 300 uh, passing yards two touchdowns and 70 rushing yards first quarterback in NFL history to do that in a playoff game and Danny Dimes is looking really good man I love the guy got his jersey the day they drafted him I was like this guy's gonna be something so We'll see what happens here, man. He could become a freaking Giants immortalized character for the rest of his life if he goes in there and pulls an Eli Manning and just fucking runs the table in the playoffs and no one expected him to. That would be a storybook ending for us, but first got to see those fucking Cowboys and Eagles go. Then let us and the 49ers fight it out like it's freaking 1989 again. Holy shit. Starting starting to feel like the good old days here, man. My Giants are doing good. we got the 49ers and the Cowboys in the playoffs again. It's like, what the hell is going on, man? We're back in the 80s. But it feels good, though. I uh, really uh, am excited about football this year and uh, even more so excited next year because the Giants actually have a future. And I haven't seen or felt this excited about Giants football in a long time, so very excited about that. What else have I been doing here? Uh, eh, just working. Just working. That's really it. Working and trying to get to the weekend and uh, waiting for the income tax to come through, man, because holy shit, every year... We get the income tax, and we always plan, you know, just paying down some some bills and whatnot, and we take a little bit of that, and we get ourselves something, something nice, and I think, like, two years ago, we got ourselves our Xboxes. Uh, last year, I forgot what the hell we did. Um, this year, we're actually going to do home improvements and stuff like that, 
So that's what we are we, we're planning to do with our income tax this year. And I think the reason why I've been such a crabby bastard because I because I've been really crabby since like last week and yesterday was probably the the fucking this is the moment where I'm just gonna like fucking lose my shit and be like hey maybe I'm getting a little too pissed off here where um I think it's just a mixture of just not sleeping very well. Uh, just being so fatigued. I've been going to bed early, waking up even earlier because I've been going to bed at like 8.30 since the COVID. Like after work, I'll just like lay down in bed and fall asleep, like watching a movie or something. and just, Like just to sleep it away. And now I got my energy back. So hopefully that's a sign that I'm going to start sleeping better at night and whatnot. Because not just that. I mean, there's there, there's other reasons. I've been a little crabby too. I mean, just anxiety, waiting for income tax, waiting for all this stuff to come through and the papers I need to file it. I have anxiety as it is. I think a lot about shit, and um, and I'm at the point now where it's just been a rough few years. I I, I guess um, you know dealing with the whole COVID thing, and it's just like never really gave myself a, a moment to uh, sit back and reflect and just let the anger go, because I feel like I've been holding it on a little bit too long here, as far as my anger over the the government and everything like that, what the hell they did, and how they made people lose their jobs. I was one of them at one point. You know, they starve you out of house and home. And I know a lot of people weren't as fortunate as I was to recover as quick as I did and get back out there and in and, and the working field. That was just me being me and never sleeping and finding opportunities and things when there were no jobs out available. I was able to find stuff. But it's like there was a lot of stress that I never really, like, took on. I just kind of bottled it up like I do with everything and didn't really have anyone to talk to about this kind of stuff. And it's just, you know... My wife's always there to listen, but doesn't really know the right thing to say, which there's nothing wrong with, because I'm the same way. If someone pours her heart out to me, it, it's very hard for me to find the right words, unless I genuinely like the person. I can find some sort of words of encouragement, but it always feels like it's coming out of someone else's mouth than mine, because I don't really have too many uh, conversations about people's personal lives, because I don't really care as much until I like the person, and as you guys know, I don't really like many people, so it's one of those things where... I, I, I get it. If you tell someone something and they're like, I don't know how to you know, comfort you or whatever. So I just resorted to holding a lot of that stuff in. And then I finally had a, uh, just like a lot of reflection time, just laying in bed, being sick and whatnot. And I think I'm finally starting to let some of the anger go. So hopefully I won't be as crabby uh, and I'd be able to just kind of get over stuff a little bit sooner. And if there's one thing I really do need help with in life, it's letting anger go. If something happens to me, I let it bother me for a long time. And even if it doesn't bother me, I can I can get over it really quickly. But it'll always be there, you know what I mean? And I don't let out how I really feel about something in that moment until it's too late. And then it just kind of turns out to be like a moment where you just yell or you fucking throw something across the room or whatever the hell it is. People that have anxiety, depression-ish issues, you know, you may have... Uh, dealt with some of that yourself, but it's just one of those things where you just got to grow as a person, you know, you got to get over that stuff, and it's pretty tough sometimes, but I will definitely do it, and this helps uh, coming on here and uh, talking to you guys. It's very therapeutic for me, so I appreciate you all that listen, but I do want to say something here, though. Uh, Monday was Martin Luther King Day, and I know you guys all had the day off, so hope you guys had a great extra long weekend, you know, an extra day off there to get rid of your hangover and whatnot, and really weird side note here was um his his niece there her name is alvita king she follows us she's been following us on twitter for a very long time and 
I had no idea why, or I never understood why she follows us, but it's Martin Luther King's niece, Alveda. I'm like, what the, how the fuck is that? Like, why? She's on Fox News all the time. And she, like, talks about stuff whenever they, you know, they need her to come on and say something, or there's a lot of white people on Fox, so I guess they get, like, a black person just to say things that their white people can't say, and they're like, yeah, let's root them on, I guess. I don't fucking know. I, I, I don't know what, what the reasoning is, but they'll pull her out every once in a while when they need something said. And they bought her out the other day, and I was like, wait, she looks familiar, because I don't really pay attention to Fox anymore. And I looked at her, and I was like, wait, she follows us on Twitter. And I was like, wait, no, that can't be. And I looked it up, and sure enough, she fucking follows us. I have no idea why, but if you're listening, Alveda, thank you very much for listening to the show. And uh, happy your uncle's day, and I hope you uh, enjoyed it as well. So, But you guys might think that was an interesting tidbit, especially with the kind of content that we talk about. Not very... Uh, not very safe for work content, not very politically correct. So the fact that anyone with any kind of uh, notoriety on the media side would follow us is uh, without fear of being canceled is hilarious. So thank you. That's really cool stuff there. Uh, one other thing I, I, I want to talk about is you guys remember my old BFF, right? Um, I, I was debating on talking about this, but I, uh, I, I, I have a new friend that we uh, talk about here on the show occasionally. And I was like, you know what, let me let this friend know, because my thing about friends in general is I don't have any. So when I find someone that I like or someone that I enjoy, I, I, have to, I feel like I have to let them know, like give them the rundown immediately. Like, hey, I am an asshole. Like, this is, the person you hear on this show is exactly who I am. So I was like, you know what, let me try something different. And I just said, hey, listen, this is, these are all my faults. And it turns out my, my new friend has the exact same faults as I have. And it's very, very weird how eerily similar we are. Like we've had very long conversations about different things and different ways we feel about things and things that happen and how we deal with it in our mind, the way they work and whatnot. And it's like literally down to a T. It's very eerie how alike we are. I've never met someone who I've had so many similarities with. It's absolutely insane. So I was like, let me just tell this person exactly how much of a fucking scumbag I am. And so so they can leave now before I waste their time. And then they realize they hate me later. So it's worked out so far. But my old BFF, I was uh, I was telling my new one here because we were talking about the whole workout thing and trying to like lose some weight together and whatnot. And my old one, my, my old friend, she lost a lot of weight, like a lot. She was uh, she was a bigger girl and she was she was trying to lose weight. She had a guy she was trying to impress or whatever and i was like all right i can help you out here because i lost a ton of weight doing the keto thing and i was like you know i'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna give you exactly like this is what you have to do i can only tell you what i did i can't tell you if this is healthy because everyone's body works differently it worked for me it may not work for you so she's like all right and i told her exactly what the hell i was doing and she went and she did keto and just a couple of things she had to change like uh, your energy drinks just to get the non-sugar version you drink three of those a day, so you take care of all that sugar, that's all that, you know, carbs you're, you're losing every day, and change your diet, slightly tweak it, work out a little bit, you lose weight. Sure enough, she lost a ton of weight, got the guy of her dreams, she got all beautiful again, she, you know, fucking uh, new wardrobe and whatnot, and I'm like, good for you, I was so proud. And then after the ghosting, <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, hope, hope she's sticking with it. And anyway, um, I forgot how the hell I was, like, looking through something. I think it was Discord, and uh, and I was deleting, like, old shit, and I saw old messages that we had, just bullshit back and forth, and one of them was a link to a Facebook that she sent me, and I was like, oh, what the hell was this again? And I clicked it, and it brought me to her page, 
And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't care. I don't want to, you know, spy on people that I used to be friends with. I don't care. You know, I, I just don't give a shit. I've, I've never done it before and I just don't care. But I clicked on it by accident, just trying to see what the hell it was. I saw it was a profile. And I was about to X out and I saw how big she got again. I'm like, what the fuck? She gained all this weight. So I felt terrible about it and I wanted to reach out and say, hey, you okay? What's going on? But I'm, I'm you know me, I, I don't reach out to people. If, you know, they leave, they leave and I just, whatever. And I just let them go. But, and I'm not trying to like bash one or anything like that. I would never make fun of someone, but I feel like I, I did her a disservice. And, and I, and I, and I know a lot of you guys out there are in the same boat, you know, it's January now you want to lose weight and whatnot, but, and, uh, and people still do reach out to me all the time about, Hey, how's your weight loss going? And I'm like, yeah, it's been three years. So it's, it's not really a diet. It's a way of life. That's how I say, if you're ever going to do keto, you have to think of it that way. You don't think of it as a diet because diets fail ways of life. That's your way of life. That's the way you live. And that can be sustainable for you. And one thing that I feel like I did wrong, and I want to give you guys some advice if you're still looking to lose weight is to not necessarily look for motivation from someone else's words. You've got to find it within yourself and you got to find something sustainable. You got to look at why you want to lose weight. Is it because you want to look better? Is it because you want to do it for somebody else? Is it because your health? Is it whatever it is? It has got to be something that you can always reference back to that you can never lose. Uh, so I stopped interjecting myself with that whole thing because I feel like I was a huge motivator for helping her lose weight. And then when we weren't friends anymore, she did gain it all back. So I'm thinking I did her a disservice by not for finding what she wanted to lose it for and focusing on that as opposed to, Hey, listen, just, just listen to me, listen to me. And then, you know, there it is because now that's a little bit of guilt. I guess I'm just going to have to take with me, man. So I can only, and I can't change the past, but I can only change how we go forward in the future here. And my new advice would be to just look at what you would want to do it for you know um, is, is it health if it's health that's the best reason why to, you should lose weight i mean if you have high diabetes or if you're uh, suffering from any other kind of illness or chronic illness gout or anything like that if your doctor says lose weight that's what you do you say this is why i want to do it and i don't want that coming back so i'm going to keep it off and that and, and that'll keep you motivated you don't ever do it for someone else you don't do it because you want to date you don't do it because you want to impress anybody else because once that person leaves you don't have that reason anymore and you could easily relapse or gain it all back so, I mean, this is life, man, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm I'm not trying to give people something false to rely on or, or to hope for. I mean, you, you can do it with hard work and dedication, but you also need that motivation as well. I mean, it, it'll be near impossible to, to stay focused and stay on the path if you lose that motivation or if it's just not there anymore. You got to fix something or find something tangible and something that you can stick with and something attainable. You want to start small and build your way up, but never lose focus on what you're doing it for. And... That's pretty much the, the, the best lasting motivational tip I can give you there. And um, I hope it works out for you guys. And, and keep me updated, too, because I really do care, man. I may sound like a jerk sometimes. I may say some things that uh, may piss you guys off sometimes. Some things you guys might agree with. Some things you don't. But that's the beauty of life, you know. And I'm learning, too. I'm, I'm definitely learning about this whole thing, the whole weight loss thing and how to keep it off. I've been successful so far. I can just share my story. But I can never tell you to do it the same way. I can just give suggestions. But always check with your doctor and find your own motivation, obviously. That's what you want to do. So this breaks my heart to see people fail at this kind of stuff. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a tough thing to do. And there's so much negative reinforcement out there. There's fast food commercials. There's fast food places. Hell, our government was trying to give you guys 
burgers, fries, and joints and beer to get a fucking poisonous shot in your body. That's how desperate they were to get it in you. I mean, if you can't trust your government, we got to trust each other here, and it's a it, it's a working progress. It's a, it's a peer-to-peer thing. We all got to help each other because there ain't no one else out there that's going to help you. There ain't no one else that has your best interest in heart but you. So make sure you uh, get your motivation from within, and I'd love to hear your progress. So definitely, definitely keep us posted there. Now, I didn't forget about you. Today's January 18th, and today's your birthday. So I'm going to give you they, them, it, she, whatever the hell you may identify as, no matter who you are. You were born at one point from a woman. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want to stir that pot right now. But this Florida man story is especially for you on your birthday. So this one was arrested for DUI after mistaking a bank drive through for a Taco Bell. This is in Spring Hill, Florida. A Florida man was arrested on Wednesday afternoon for DUI after he reportedly mistook a Tampa Bank drive through for Taco Bell. According to the Hernando County Sheriff's Office, the manager of a Bank of America called to report an impaired driver after he found an unconscious man behind the wheel of a blue sedan in the bank's drive through lane. The manager told deputies that after beating on the car window for some time, he was able to wake up the driver. Upon waking up, the driver asked the bank manager for a burrito before driving away after being informed he was not at Taco Bell. When deputies arrived, they found the blue sedan in the parking lot. The driver, Douglas Francisco, 28 years old, was still in a driver's seat with the car running. The manager of the bank confirmed that Francisco was the same driver who he had called about. According to the arrest report, Francisco made several unusual statements. Deputies also noted that he had delayed reactions to their questions as well as slowed movements consistent with someone under the influence of prescription narcotics. After San Francisco, uh, or sorry, after Francisco, rather, failed a series of field sobriety exercises, he was placed under arrest. The arrest report states that he had oxycodone and Xanax on him, both of which he was prescribed. He was transported to the Hernando County Jail in a $1,000 bond, and immediately, what jumps out here, he had Oxy and Xanax, which were both prescribed. And that's my problem with it all right there. I mean, I'm a big fan of THC. I'm not a big fan of prescription medicine. I'm just not. The thing about prescription medicine that really pisses me off is that a lot of the times these doctors use these as a cudgel, as a one-size-fits-all. Hey, this person has the same exact uh, symptom as this other person has, but he only shares one of the same symptoms. But fuck it, let's just give him this, get him out of my face and just jack him up with all these pills. Get him out of here. I'm not sure, but nothing would surprise me anymore. Um, I, I would have to say that there might be some sort of incentive I, I mean, I don't want to get too conspiratorial here, but I really do feel like there is an incentive when it comes to getting people on medication. There's an incentive, obviously, for COVID-19 patients that we were made well aware of earlier on in the pandemic, where doctors were getting paid and much higher. It was like from couple hundred dollars to like a thousand, like $30,000 or some shit like that. If you put someone on a ventilator, give them Paxlovid, give them this, that, and the other thing, it's like the, the amount that the hospital will receive for treating these people a certain way it means that they were skewing the numbers to feed their narrative that they wanted you to get this fucking vaccine. And then you look at prior, you know, cases of people getting things prescribed to them. You look at the Xanax, you look at the opioids. You look at all this crazy stuff, like why is methadone supposed to be even stronger and more dangerous than heroin for people? It's just like, why are we, why are we just giving this shit away to people? And now they're, um, like in New York, they were doing this back in 
2021 where they were giving out the drug kits like the uh, crack pipes and shit it's just like i know there's a scientific reason for it and i know especially with alcohol is the main one where if you were to just cold turkey someone off alcohol if they're a heavy alcoholic they uh, may get sick really bad they can even die their body can go into shock so uh you you can't just take someone off but you can't leave them on this shit indefinitely forever too and that's what they do with these prescription medications is they will put you on it and just forget about you i mean i grew up with kids that were just fucking shells of human beings because they were just put on adderall and it's like i needed adderall as a kid probably because i was just as hyper if not more so than any son of a bitches i probably needed now to call me the hell down while my brain races so much but the thing is, it's like I grew up to be a pretty productive human being. I raised a family, work every day. We got a house, car, all the nice things, white picket fence and pets. You know, everything's good here. I, I didn't need the medication. Some of these people that you see, a vast majority of the people that are heavily medicated on this stuff can't even string together a sentence because their brains are so fucking mushed from all the pill cocktails they've been taking. How would their lives have turned out? If they were not on medication, how would my life have turned out if I was on medication, if I didn't throw away the pill bottles a couple of weeks after they gave me the same cocktail they give to all these other fucking maniacs? Seriously, I mean, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd probably be dead. I'd probably committed suicide. Who knows, man? Who knows? Seriously. So I guess uh, happy birthday to you. And <laughs> and uh, that's also a great time to put in a plug for our favorite sponsor of the show. Talk about our friends over at Binoid.com, where you can get the finest THC product on the market. Ladies and gentlemen, I am on the amazing, absolutely amazing 25 milligram capsules of Delta 8. And this stuff changed my life, made me extremely happy. Um, it, 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 it has helped me in ways that no prescription medication can ever help me without the side effects. The only thing that um, I, I, I would complain about is that it works too well sometimes. And uh, it's, it, it's hard to keep me from from, uh, from cracking the hell up. But, I mean, laughter is one of the greatest medicines out there. So I'll take it any day of the week over dry heaving and blackouts and shit. Because I did actually have a blackout moment when I was on that cocktail for a couple of weeks. I was working at a job and I was climbing up a ladder and all of a sudden I saw stars and it was like darkness overtook my eyes like someone was shutting off the fucking lights and I was on top of the ladder and luckily it was one of those like big industrial ladders where there were like handles on both sides and I was kind of dangling off the side if I can hold on for dear life I was about to fall over and someone came over and like really helped me and shit but that was the last I ever took of that stuff and I never get it with Binoids products I mean I just have a good time and it it's a really amazing product and it helped me get off alcohol. I was just talking about how hard it is for people to kick alcohol. I mean, luckily I was never on the alcoholic side of it, but I was able to kick it cold turkey without the aid of uh, like weaning off or anything. I just fucking stopped because I found this product and that is how good this product is. If you have any inflammation issues, if you have trouble sleeping, trouble with your appetite, you have any depression, anxiety, whatever mental illness you're going through, I would at least implore you to give this stuff a shot. Go to Binoid.com. If you don't like edibles, you can get yourself the candy version. You can get yourself gummy bears. You can get gummy worms, gummy watermelons. You can get brownies. You can get Rice Krispie treats. You can get the wax, the dabs, the other stuff I don't understand, flour, vapes. You can get the uh, the tincture. You can put the drops under your tongue and let it sit for 30 seconds, and then you'll absorb it that way. There are so many different ways you can get this stuff in your body. I just use the capsules because they're non-GMO, vegan, no carbs, no sugar, nothing in it. It's just me and THC, exactly what I need in my body. And I want you guys to go check it out at binoid.com and use our code NERD to save 10% on any order. 
I do implore you to send us some emails. I've been getting a couple. Um, keep them coming. I love to hear you guys' testimonials and how this stuff has helped you out as well. So please go to voicesmiserypodcast at gmail.com and send those in after you use our code NERD at binoid.com to save 10% on any order. All right, so normally I would have passed the microphone over to my better half here, and she would give you guys the days of the week, but she is with our daughter at the uh, at the doctor's right now. So, um, yeah, she won't be here, but I think I should take this time here to tell you guys you shouldn't be going out there and celebrating these fucking weird holidays, okay? And now I can talk some shit here. You guys don't have to celebrate those weird things. What you need to be doing, and this is going to be good for the rest of the year, okay? Don't tell her I said this, by the way. These are the only things you need to do every single day. I don't care if it's January 1st or December 31st. I don't care what year it is. This is what you need to do to have a good day. So it actually starts the day before. You go to bed before 10 o'clock. You wake up at around 6 to 6.30 a.m. if you can do the the eight hours. If not, you'll have to adjust your days depending on what shift you work. If you work third shift, obviously. The key is get your eight hours in. Get eight hours of sleep uninterrupted. Even if you wake up to piss once and you you did that four hours into your sleep, you pee, you go back to bed, you don't turn any lights on, don't check your phone, you just lay back in the bed. Get the rest of the four hours. Get a total of eight hours of sleep, okay? At least do that. That'll get your morning started. Second you get out of the bed, you make that motherfucking bed. Just like you're in a military or prison. I don't know why the hell I do it. I've never been to either, but for some reason I do it. You do that, and then you go take a shower. You shave your face. If you're a woman, you shave your friggin', you know, hoo-ha. You do something. You just make yourself feel good, and you look good, all right? You shower, you shave, you do all the things you got to do. You come out feeling like a million bucks, and you have yourself a nice breakfast. Then you take your ass out, and you do what you got to do, okay? That is the guaranteed successful start to your day. You will be happy, and you'll be better off for it. So you do that every day, and I guarantee you'll be in great shape. Don't eat weird candies or celebrate shit you can't pronounce from another country because they say so on some calendar. You do those things that I just said, and I guarantee you will have a better life. And that was sponsored by Built Bar, ladies and gentlemen. Wasn't their favorite segment today, I'm sure, because I delivered it. But they will have their wish back again on Friday. Let me tell you, man. Built Bar is one of the most amazing protein bars I've ever had in my life. And right now, they brought back the brownie batter puff. I was extremely privileged to try one of these the other day. And, oh my god. Listen, man. Chocolate chip cookie dough chunk puffs. You guys have a serious competition here because the brownie batter, just like when your mom was was making brownies when you were a kid, and she would be just about to wash off that freaking spatula that she was sitting there, you know, stirring around the the mix and whatnot. She'd look at you and say, "You want to have some?" And you jump on that thing and you lick the whole thing off like it was a freaking ice pop, and it tasted amazing. You get that same exact batter taste in each and every bite of Built Bars, Brownie Batter Puff Bars. And I'm going to tell you what, this one will probably be number two because chocolate chip cookie dough chunk is absolutely amazing. This will be a very close second. But there's a common theme. I like cookie dough. I like the brownie batter. So there's something, they're on to something here. Anytime you get the batter in the mix before it gets cooked, that's when it tastes the best. And Built Bar managed to encapsulate that flavor in every single bite here. Don't take it from me. Try it yourself and go to built.com and use our code VOM show to save 20%. They upped it because you buy because you guys buy these bars so much and you love them so much. Go to built.com and use our code VOM show to save 20% and let them know Nerdette sent you. Okay? Thank you very much and enjoy. All right. Let's get into this here. Now I got a couple of topics here I want to get into and I'm going to try my best not to scream and yell. 
because I'm here alone in the house, I don't want to freak the dogs out. My older daughter, she came home from school. I don't want to freak her out either. She's going to, because she already knows something weird's going on. Mom's not here. She's at the doctor with their sister. So I don't want to alarm the child. So I'm going to try my best, but I can promise it with titles like this one right here. Okay. So you guys remember a while back, there was a story that we talked about, about this gay couple who uh, they adopted some children and they got in trouble for some of the things that happened to these children. A lot of weird sexual things happened. And um, if you have young ears, I would like for you to tell them to maybe leave the room or maybe pause and listen to the show uh, when they're in bed or something, because this is a very graphic update. Um, I was debating on even talking about this one today, but since my... um, so, well, since our plans here got got derailed by turn of events today, um, I feel like this is an important one to talk about. So, I don't even know how to start on this one, man. They, they, they've got more details on these people. And they did a lot more to the children than was originally reported that came out. Here goes. So, there was a months-long town hall investigation that was published on Tuesday. These are the, the findings of it. Viewed recorded jailhouse calls and new court documents and spoke exclusively to one of the family members. They revealed that the alleged sexual abuse went much deeper than previously reported in the story of the two gay men. The, they were a gay activist couple in Georgia. The investigation will have three more installments. And if there's more than what I'm about to read, I, 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 I just don't know. And this one, like I said before, I'm going to say it one more time. Please, if you have small children around or if you have a sensitive um, mindset, I, I guess I completely understand this is uh, this is terrible, but we have to hold these people to account and we have to make sure we have to make sure that the word gets out there on this stuff, because if we don't talk about it, no one's going to talk about it. And it's an unfortunate world that we live in that evil like this does exist. So the married couple, uh, William Dale Zulock Jr., he's 33, and his husband, Zachary Zulock, 35, a government worker and banker respectively, were arrested last summer in charges of sodomizing their two elementary age sons and prostituting the children. They were indicted by a grand jury on, char- on, jury on charges of incest, aggravated sodomy, aggravated child molestation, felony exploitation of children, and felony prostitution of a minor. They convicted they face more than nine life sentences each. Both have pled not guilty. So they adopted these two brothers who are now 9 and 11, so they were 8 and 10 uh, last year when the story first broke and the abuse was going on for even longer. Uh, they got them from a Christian special needs adoption agency. So yes, these children were special needs, or well they are, they just don't get over it, but well this is all going down obviously. Um, before their arrest, a couple lived in an affluent life in Oxford, uh, Oxford, Georgia, an Atlanta suburb. They were enrolled in 3rd and 4th grade when their adopted fathers were arrested. According to the 17-count indictment, the two men allegedly performed oral on both of the sons, forced the boys to do it to each other, and they raped them. At least once, the older boy was allegedly injured from the rape. It began in 2019 and became worse in 2021. (sighs) William has since admitted to forcing his 11-year-old adopted son to perform oral copulation on him with the intent to satisfy his own desires. Zachary has admitted sending child sexual abuse material to less than a dozen people. They were all arrested, thank God, after police received a tip that a man at the Zulak residence was downloading child pornography. So they did find the people that he sent it to. The Walton County Sheriff's Office issued a search warrant and raided the home just before midnight on July 27. 
During the raid, Zachary was reportedly tackled to the ground and William was pulled out of the house naked. Good. I mean, my God, man. This is just... Police found the men were sexually abusing the children and video documenting the abuse. And both men were booked at the local jail early the next morning. I mean, they have video of this. And these men... I mean, how do you plead guilty? They have you on video doing this. They're currently being held separately while awaiting their trial. Zachary's under maximum security due to the nature of the charges. The Zulaks have been a prominent presence in the gay activism scene. In 2014, they marched in Atlanta's Pride Parade and Out Magazine, a well-known LGBTQ publication, has repeatedly asked to feature their photos on its website. Zachary's Snapchat profile includes the words activist. They're charged with soliciting two other men to perform an act of prostitution with the older boy. The two other men are Hunter Clay Lawless and Luis Armando Vizcaro Sanchez. Both men from Loganville, Georgia, or slightly north of where the Zulocks lived. Oh my god, man. I mean, this is this happened multiple times. There's there's even more here that I'm not going to read. There were some text messages that were sent from one to the other uh, guys that they were prostituting the kids out to on Snapchat. Very horrific things. Um that they said they were, they were going to do to the kid, and there were pictures sent of him doing those said things after he told the person he was talking to that he was going to do them. Their vehicle, assets, house, all sorts of things that they've owned together have now been seized by the state. And people are saying like how nasty they've always thought these people were, and that they always felt like something was wrong with them, but they never spoke up to do anything. They're trying to say that the boys were abused in other ways as well, uh, as if that wasn't enough. They were forced to stand in the corner after school for eight hours straight, and William was seen slapping the younger son hard in the face. They were just abused in every possible way, the family member told Town Hall. Just don't forget me, Zachary pled with a relative at the end of one of the recorded phone calls from jail. Don't forget me, he said. He did all that with the help of his, uh, his husband, to these young boys, and there isn't an apology, there was no tears. Just don't forget me, he pled with, with with the relative at the end of one of the phone calls, that the relative, I don't know why they visited this scumbag. I mean, we live in a world where this is something that happens now. And I don't know about you, listener, but with me... I opened my eyes a long time ago to how evil this world is from the moment they tried forcing shots in the people that weren't needed, made, making you stay home and intentionally knowing that they were going to destroy the environment as the elites were on TV eating their ice cream and getting their hair done and all sorts of shit that we weren't allowed to do or supposed to do because we're nothing to them, we're peons. And then you see how they cheat, how they treat children, how they want to sexualize them and how they send men in drag to their schools to, to read story hour and, and how they want sexually explicit content in the schools. They want to lower the age of consent. I have a feeling, a sick feeling in my stomach that that is what these disgusting pieces of shit want to do. And don't take my word for it, take theirs. When they try to humanize these evil, disgusting human beings and call them minor attractive persons, no, they're pedophiles. And if you want people to go to the kids' schools and read them sexually explicit material and, and, and gear them a certain way, 
You're a groomer and you're disgusting, and you're just as bad as these two men. Children are our most sacred asset. They are the future, and we need to treat them with respect, and we need to raise them the right way, and we cannot allow them to be harmed like this. If you don't give a shit about the left, if you don't give a shit about the right or anybody who falls under the, the, the guise of a Biden supporter or a Trump supporter or whatever, if you have any political differences, we can all agree on one thing. Children need to be protected. I would stand right next to Joe Biden and hold his hand if that man came out there and said those words. He said, we all need to get together and protect the kids. We can fight about other stuff a different day, you know. I would get behind that. But they won't do it. They won't condemn this action. They encourage it and they want it. And that makes Joe Biden the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. The people on the left, I have no respect for them. And the saddest part for me in all this is that I know they don't care. They don't care. These are our children, man. I mean, we, 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 we lose that bit of ourselves. What else is there? Without the children, I mean, what, what do we have to look forward to? I'm an old man. I can't fight forever. I'm 40 years old, man. And I've probably got another 20, 30 years. But by then, I'll be in my 70s. And these kids will be in their 30s and 40s, right where I'm at talking shit now. Are there going to be any people like me left that are still fighting against this? Or people like you that are, that, that, that are listening? Or is it all going to be lost as, as the years go by? Because we are not fighting enough. We're not fighting enough now to protect these kids. Someone's got to instill rights into them. And we just need to get these, these people locked away. They need to go. We, we can't deal with this. All right, so let's get off of that one. Let's move to this one here. Did you guys see this one about the man that pled guilty to killing the boy after a father and son baseball outing? I mean, shit. There's easier ways to get out of wanting to spend time with your kids, people. So this guy's an asshole. He's a convicted felon. He will serve 30 years in prison for the 2021 murder of a teenager was returning home from a Houston Astros baseball game with his father. Okay, so it was just the... Okay, so it wasn't the father that did it. Okay, that doesn't make it any fucking better, but I mean, shit. Paul Castro and his 17-year-old son, David, were leaving the July 8th, 2021 Astros-Oakland Athletics game. What's the Athletics one? Two to one, for some reason, the uh, writer of this article here at the Daily Wire felt like that was an important detail. Uh, and their pickup truck when Gerald Williams cut them off in his white Buick. That led to a verbal altercation between the father and Williams, a convicted felon who spent 12 years in prison for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Williams began following the Castros out of the downtown area. Castro attempted to elude Williams, driving at a high rate of speed, but as he made a U-turn at the East Freeway, he heard several gunshots ring out and saw the rear window of the truck had been shattered, then realized his son had been shot. David Castro, a senior at Westside High School, was part of the Westside Wolf Band drumline and drum captain of the entire percussion section. David's senior year is over, as is my life as I knew it, the father said in 2021. So surveillance video from the gas station confirmed that Williams had chased a pickup truck in his car. Police found two fired 40 caliber bullets at the U-turn. So... This is a case of road rage, basically, is what happened here. And the police investigation found that a car matching a description of Williams was put on sale through OfferUp. The police looked for the person who posted the ad, later discovering that Williams had bought a Buick LaCrosse on May 30th. But the vehicle was nowhere to be found. It was later found in the field near his house. It's a living nightmare, Paul Castro said when he saw Williams in court. And every time we have to come up here and stare at the person accused of killing David, it is painful. David's not here, and this guy's going to go home with his family tonight because of a discount bond. 
So, the father started a uh, random act of kindness hashtag, whatever the fuck that does. Um, I, I never understood what hashtags mean um, as far as, like, I know what they mean. It's supposed to bring visibility out there, but, I mean, hashtags forgotten the next time someone does something stupid. I kind of wish there was a little bit more could be done for this guy's uh, family, but you also have to take into effect that this father probably should take a lot of this on himself because um, it's one of the worst things you could do is go after somebody. And especially when you get cut off. I mean, that's just, I understand because I'm a motorist as well. And I do have anger issues when it comes to certain things, but when it comes to getting cut off, I mean, that's what, what is that really doing? I don't know. I never understood why people take that as such an insult um, I've cut people off before, people have cut me off before, I just never understood why it was such an insult, especially down here in the South, where everybody's fucking Dale Earnhardt Jr. competing for whatever the fuck cup is called, I don't watch racing, I'm not stupid, but, um, no, I, I'm not saying you guys are stupid, <laughs> I'm just joking here, I, I, I just never got into it, but, when you think of it this way, uh, um, this was an unnecessary death. It really was. If the person cuts you off, you just fucking let them go. Who gives a shit? There's so much traffic coming in and out of uh, sporting events and venues. It's just like there's someone's going to bound to cut you off. Everyone's trying to get the hell out at once. No one wants to wait their turn. I get it. It's frustrating. But you see what happens. You don't know. Especially in Georgia. That's a you know a, a state where you, you can carry, I believe. Uh, same thing here with South Carolina. Carry conceal. You don't know who's armed. You don't know who's crazy. You don't know who should be armed. You don't know what's going on. You just kind of play everybody the same way. You just say, fuck it. Flip them off. Keep driving, I guess. And even that is becoming a, a severe sign of aggression. You can't just tell someone to go fuck themselves and they just keep going. I mean, for some reason, people have to have that conflict. They they, they, they need it. They get off on it. Um, people that like to get upset and start incidents, road raid incidents, whatever, they've got something else going on in their life and they've already got a screw loose. So if you see someone wanting to fight over something so insignificant as maybe getting half a second ahead of someone else, just let them fucking do it. Seriously, who cares? People that cut others off like that and get this angry and wound up or bound to hit somebody else or get into an accident, you, you want them to get past you. You want them to get further down the road so you don't have to deal with their stupidity. You let them go hit somebody else, not you. And then you just keep going. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to get home. That's the point of being in your car. You're either you're going somewhere or coming home, and that's the thing. You want to make sure you get to both destinations at the same time, and you want to be good. So you just want to make sure you're safe, and, uh, yeah, just avoid stuff like this. And rest in peace, that guy's son, man. It sucks. You lose a kid. I hope I never have to deal with that pain. And for people that have, I, you know, you've got all my sympathy because... It sucks, but you also have to think that this dad could have easily avoided this if he had just fucking controlled his emotions. And coming from me, I know that's rich, but I'm, I'm working on it, so we'll see what happens. All right, so I've got another one here for you. This one's an interesting one. This one is a Burger King burglar. He was arrested after two attempted armed robberies in Stockbridge. This one's hot off the presses. He's a 20-year-old Georgia man, so Sherry, you got to keep your people in check was arrested after police say uh, he tried to rob a BP gas station and then robbed a Burger King in Stockbridge at gunpoint. Police said Ortega Parks is suspected... That's a fucking name, Ortega Parks. It sounds like a damn cheese that you would buy at a store. He's suspected in two armed robberies that happened on Monday. Police said Parks tried to rob a BP gas station on East Atlanta Road before robbing a Burger King on Highway 138 with a gun. 
A Stockbridge officer saw Park's car and chased him, but he got away. Detectives found the car at a nearby home the next day. Police did find a gun in his car. He's been charged with one count of armed robbery, one count of attempted robbery, and possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony. Now, this is just something that you see happen way too often whenever fast food's involved. Uh, you know, fast food places are not going to attract the most uh, happy people, I guess. I, I don't know. There's something about the food that you're eating that's garbage that's probably causes some of this frustration in the neighborhoods. But you also got to figure, too, uh, a lot of these fast food places, they serve cheap food, so that would be a nice place for, for cash, obviously. So people are more inclined to rob places like that. You're not bound to see security, I guess. Maybe that's why this guy tried to rob this particular one twice, but I no, now I can't justify uh, wanting to rob anybody. So this guy got exactly what was coming to him. He got arrested. But that's not the main reason why I wanted to talk about this story. Um, you guys remember how a little bit earlier I did say that you can put your, your finger on the pulse of society by reading the comments on any news article. And this one right here, I found this on Yahoo, which is a very left-leaning website. Now, the thing about the comments here, and the man who was arrested, Ortega Parks, is a 20-year-old black man. So what I wanted to do was read the comments like I always do. And some of these comments wouldn't even feel comfortable reading back, to be honest with you. But it's overwhelming on a website that was all woke all the time. They were fighting against these kinds of comments that I'm seeing on that same site now. Really bad things they're saying here. A lot of racist comments. Um, send them back, all this other shit. Uh, just a lot of stuff in that vein. You can look up this article yourself at Yahoo and read the comments if you want to check it out yourself. And if you look at the likes on some of these horrifying comments... I guess we know the content of his character. Maybe he was celebrating MLK Day was another comment here that someone left named Michael 21 hours ago. Uh, they call him a Dindu, which I guess is short for Dindu Nothing. Uh, that's what it says actually here in the comment below. Um, there's a lot of comments like that. Some are even a lot worse. Um, you start to see these things pop up when there's... A lot of spotlight being focused on certain things like on Monday's show we talked about one of the bigger topics we've talked about here that just can't even explain where this idea came from of giving five billion dollars reparations that was another thing that was cited in here too where they were like we're giving five million for this and then they and then there's a, a whole thread of people agreeing and, and throwing in their own two cents there but some of the comments here that I saw were very shocking, where it's becoming more and more vocal, whereas you didn't see that kind of talk before. And the reason why I think it's stunning is because this is on Yahoo, who I've taken the task on multiple occasions for being overly woke. Any kind of talk would get censored if it wasn't, you know, pushing the narrative. If it was anything, they would, if it wasn't something that they approved of or pre-approved of, or the government told them not there or told them to ban, they would ban it and not if they didn't want to or whatever. I think there's something going on in America right now where you've got the president of the United States, you've got the government, you've got the media, you've got entertainment. Um, you're, you're, you're pushing a segment of society 
and it, they're poking the bear intentionally. And by the bear, I'm just saying, I'm going to say right here, they're pushing white people, man. I'm not white. So, I mean, I don't have any, any stake in this race. I just want these people get along. I mean, I'm Hispanic. I, I should just sit there like a good Hispanic and just put my head down and be like, hey, fuck it, man. You know, just let just let them fight it out. But it, it's it's not conducive to a decent society if that's what's going on. We can't have our people fighting each other because the people manipulating it want this to happen. This is by design. I have I have a very interesting idea where I think this is going. And I don't think it's pretty. I think they are either doing one of two things. I think they're either intentionally setting up a civil war because they want people to fight in the streets. That could be part of it. But I don't think it is because if you look at who is pushing these narratives, it's they're all white. You look at the Democrats. I mean, when they were kneeling with their Kunta Kinte scarves and, and, and they were placing a George Floyd on this undeserved pedestal as some fucking hero, it was all the it was all the old white people and you and, and you wonder like these people grew up and they're all in like their seventies and eighties. I'm talking about Pelosi and Schumer and, and Biden and them. They don't give a shit about minorities. It's it, it, they just don't. I mean, when you're from that generation, I mean, the shit that we heard Biden saying back in the 70s and 80s, as recently as the, as, as, the, as the 90s and the 2000s, what he said during the fucking election, where he's like, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. I mean, who the fuck is this old white man to tell anybody what, what nationality they are and how they should think? They think they own minorities. And what they're doing is they're, is, is, is they're throwing out these things like, oh, we're going to give you $5 million each fucking reparations. That'll, that'll never happen. It'll never happen. It, it, it's outrageous to even think that they would consider that as an option. It'll never happen. People will get too outraged. But the reason why they put it out there as something that can happen in San Francisco is because they want people outraged. They want people pissed off. That's just what they want. They want people at each other's throats. And you got to wonder why you pick a favorite class of people and then you offer all these things. And then you, you, you basically demonize one to prop up another. And you tell everyone that white people are evil devils and demons and shit. And then you're, you're saying, hey, we're going to give black women this much money in Georgia, but only black women a certain amount. And then we're only going to give this to that people. And then we're only going to give this to, to this race of people. And white people are the devil. White people are evil. White, 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 white flight. You guys should be white guilt, or white apologists, whatever the fuck they're trying to do here. And you have to wonder why are white people telling other white people they need to feel guilty and telling black people how they should feel telling us Latinos and Latinas that we should be Latinx trying to change our language. These people are so fucking warped, and they will do anything to accomplish whatever their goal is. What I think they're going to do here is they're going to rile up white people, start up white and black hatred, and I think they're, they're doing that very successfully because I'm reading these comments here, and I'm assuming these people are all white. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing just by reading the comments. There could be other nationalities as well because, like I said, if you're going to sit there and single out one group of people and say you're going to do all this for them, the others are going to get left out and look at them with scorn. It's just the way it's going to fucking be. I mean, it, it, that that's what they are doing. You read the comments and that's proof of it. I mean, it's absolutely insane. I just don't know why they would pull the shit that they're pulling. It's 
I've used this analogy before. It's like you have two dogs and they're both hungry, but you only feed one right in front of the other one. That one is going to hate the dog getting fed and it's probably going to attack it and be angry with it and attack you even, you know, that's just, it, it, it's in everything's DNA. We, we are jealous creatures by nature. What about me? Where's mine at? That's what people are going to think when they see some dude get fucking $5 million in the neighborhood for something that didn't even affect him. He grew up in a very privileged society. They're both suffering. They were both locked down during COVID. They both lost jobs probably. They both had to live off the government for a little bit. They both had to worry about paying their mortgages. Why does one get and not the other? That's the kind of shit they're doing here. They are trying to breed that resentment. You don't want to fall victim to it. I don't think that whole uh, $5 million is going to happen per person because they're not going to do the student loans. They say things because they want the virtue points. That's what they're doing. The student loans thing is getting challenged right now, Sweet versus Cardona. That's probably not going to go through because it's unconstitutional. You can't just forgive student loans like that unless there's a reason. That's why borrower's defense falls into play. A blanket wipe the slate clean of everybody's debt isn't going to help anybody. Just like the same thing, they try to treat minorities like they're fucking mutants. Remember COVID? Oh, it's disproportionately affecting this group of people, this group of people. I don't believe any of that shit was true. The only thing that we know for sure about COVID is that it affected elderly people. It doesn't pick nationalities. Black people don't have a fucking different insides, like different insides than white people or Spanish. We all work the same on the insides. We're, we're boys or girls. There's nothing else in between, no matter what the fuck they try to tell you. They're, all they're trying to do is just create different classes. Oh, why are they more susceptible? It, it, it's, it's really fucking weird, man. It's just like the way they word things in the media, it's all bullshit. You have to take it with a grain of salt, and you have to think there's an ulterior motive behind it. I don't trust the government, and I fucking hate them. We need everybody to get on board and realize these people are a fucking cancer to society. We need to see and call them out on their bullshit and not fall prey to it. Let's get to the next one. Amazon delivery driver shares harrowing ordeal after falling 13 feet into a pile of shit. His name is Charles Amicangelo. That's a real fucking winner of a name. He went home, took a shower, and returned to work because Amazon employees are fucking insane. And they're very good at their jobs. And we appreciate them for that. So, he recounted a terrifying moment after he recently fell 13 feet into a septic tank while delivering a package in Apple Valley, California. I hope it was sanitizer, a package of sanitizer. Get to open that shit up and pour it all over himself. That's disgusting. He said he noticed a hole in the ground as he approached a customer's property, and on the way back to his truck, the ground underneath suddenly gave way. Don't tell me he did that stupid shit that kids do, where, like, they'll, like, walk over something, knowing it's, like, uns like unsafe. There used to be these, uh... I, 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 don't, I don't even know what the hell they were for, but they were, like, these metal doors in the ground. They looked almost like, uh... Like, uh... Like, if you have, like, a basement that you have to lift open the doors and, and walk down into it, and then you slam them behind you, like, those metal doors or whatever. They used to have those in the street when we were kids, and we used to go with our mom this town called Plainfield, where there was, like, a lot of shops, and it was more of a city area, so you'd see those metal on the sidewalks, whatever. And then you'd stand on it, and it was, like, shaky a little bit. We were kids, we used to jump on them. Knowing they were fucking flimsy as hell, and we should have fallen and died, but by the grace of God, we didn't. I feel like this guy saw a hole and was like, I wonder if I could walk on it. Like that inner kid came back. But whatever. I just fucking went off on a tangent. That's why I need my wife here. So anyway, he said he noticed a hole in the ground and he approached it and it gave way. He says, Any, even though I kept a bit of a distance from the hole, I still managed to fall in because of the ground collapsing under my feet. In a viral video, he can be seen standing surrounded by clay-colored dirt and large roots. So I tried using these roots around me to get out, but it just pulled more dirt on top of me. That must have been fucking, oh my god, the scariest shit. 
I just called dispatch, so hopefully they're going to get the cops or the fire department here because I definitely don't want to try climbing out of my own again and bury myself to death and shit. After he was rescued, he went home and took an immediate shower, and he went right back to work for whatever the hell he gets paid at Amazon. I hope it's good pay. So anyway, uh, he, he said this on a Tucker Carlson show, and Tucker asked him if he ever considered calling it a day and just having a beer instead of going to work. The guy, did, he said he considered it. <laughs> However, he shared he was thought to always accomplish his mission in the Marine Corps. Hoorah. And that played a big part in his decision to return to work. So another big thing is that I had not completed my route, or attempted to at least. Other drivers who had already been out there and done their entire routes would get stuck having to finish my route. And I just didn't think that'd be fair to them either. But I did voluntary, but I did off, uh, voluntary offer to take my uh, route. So they, they, they tried to have him you know, take the day off. And he's like, nope, I'm fucking doing it, man. I don't want to screw my guys over. And that is spoken. Word spoken by a true Marine right there, people. So I feel bad here because I had to call out because my daughter's at the doctor. And I'm sitting here hanging out with the uh, older one while the other one gets checked out with uh, mom. So I almost feel bad now. Like, hey, you know what? I, sh I should have roughed it out and worked today. I just didn't feel like it. And I guess that makes me an entitled bastard. I guess I'm an American after all, people. But, yeah, that's that. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was a really good one to share because, you know, I don't want to talk about death all the time, you know. And uh, there are some, some really funny stories out there that happen in life. And that's just one of those lighthearted ones here. But I do have one more I wanted to talk about. And this one does involve death. Uh, well, actually, not, not death, but a, a, a near-fatal beating, actually. And... This is one of those ones where you got to wonder what the hell is going on in school. Because four of these people, one of them, a middle school teacher, were arrested after they beat and left for, for dead a, a naked teenager. A 17-year-old boy. Uh, he was found naked on the side of the road in Beach Island, South Carolina. According to the Aiken County Sheriff's Office, the boy was found early January 3rd and was completely unclothed, and the victim appeared to have been brutally beaten. The deputy tried to speak with the victim, but he was really hard to understand due to his face being so swollen. And you look at the, the mug shots here, the four people, and it's, it's a very eclectic, weird mix of people. We've got one very old man, he's got the Papa Smurf beard, a young woman... And two dudes, probably in their 30s. Um, it's it's just, just a weird mix of people. Like, I don't know how the hell this, this all came about, but I guess we're going to find out. The deputy was able to determine that the boy said he had been lying on the side of the road all night. I mean, can you imagine being naked and beaten and just laying in the supper? I think you're going to die. That's insane. Uh, as the investigation progressed, investigators identified Patrick Stevens and Derek Nixon, 36 and 32, as suspects in the assault. Investigators executed search warrants in North Augusta and Beach Island and seized a couple pounds of marijuana, crack, powder, steroids, fentanyl, and numerous firearms. Ricky Drayton, the Papa Smurf-looking dude, was 62 when Raquel Stevens was 35. She was taken into custody. Raquel's the teacher in Aiken. She made headlines in 2018 when she forgot her toddler was in a car with her and left the child there for nearly 10 hours while she worked teaching math at North Augusta Middle School. She's still a teacher in the district and I've been placed on administrative leave as of right now still. They're trying to figure out what her role in this all was. Patrick Stevens was arrested on charges of attempted murder, possession of a weapon, during a violent crime, kidnapping, possession with the intent to distribute, four counts of uh, possession of a controlled substance, anabolic steroids, 100 doses or more. I guess he was going to deliver those to Dwayne Johnson. Possession of fentanyl, possession with the intent to distribute near a school, and unlawful neglect of a child. 
they 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 had firearms that they were that they pointed at the kid they pistol whipped them a few times it's just really bad stuff and Raquel was charged. Oh, okay. So here's an update. They they did end up charging her with possession of steroids, uh, possession of fentanyl, violation of drug distribution laws, uh, possession with the intent to distribute a controlled substance during school, and unlawful neglect of a child. So what they're guessing right now, and they haven't gotten the full details of the relationship of the 17 year old, but they're trying to say he was the mule, and he um, and he, and he was double dipping apparently. So he was supposed to sell the shit at the school on behalf of the teacher and be in on it, but apparently he. Uh, I guess was sampling the goods or just skimming some, or they thought he was skimming some and they just took care of business there. And, Oh man, it sucks. It really does. And I, I guess at least the kid has his life and he'll survive. I mean, his, he was left for dead, but his injuries luckily were um, not as severe where he's going to be dying or anything. He's not at risk of death, but it's one of those things where, I mean, 17 years old and involved in all that shit, you know, it's just, where his parents at the teacher is supposed to be a a mentor and you got to wonder why a teacher would get involved in a life of crime like that or just doing drugs i mean you would think that there would be better background checks and makes you even wonder why this teacher is still a teacher after neglecting her own child for 10 hours if you're going to neglect your own toddler and forget they were in the car how are you going to keep your eyes on an entire classroom of uh, students a revolving door of different kids coming in all day long how are you going to monitor them and know what's going on with them really heartbreaking stuff here, you know, and it's, it, it's scary when you think back maybe 20 years ago, school was one of the safest places you can send your kids, you know, you, you send them to school, you know, they're going to be at school, they're going to be there, they're going to learn, you, I mean, things were different back then. Nowadays, it's like, you don't know what they're going to get taught, you don't know if their teacher's going to try to fuck them, sell them drugs, or what the, you honestly don't know anymore, it's, it's absolutely insane, and I think what we need to do is just revamp the whole school system, Ethan. I, I think you just, you have to do it. you got to figure something out. And there's a lot of parents out there doing good work. They're doing co-ops where they're actually getting together when kids weren't allowed to go to school. If you lived in a small community, people were getting together and saying, hey, I used to be a math professor. I'm a retired teacher. And they would get together and teach the kids in the neighborhood so they wouldn't be without. And I'm thinking that is the kind of education we need to go back to. I'm thinking we need that. We need, you know, people teaching people life skills. I feel like a lot of these teachers are so damn warped. Um, just their ideologies sitting on the Internet and just the whole Internet boom generation that we've got ever since the information superhighway bullshit started in the 90s. You know, you see it progress over the years. And as more and more people are connected at all times and it's more and more convenient to stay online and speak your mind and, and be exposed to all the, the different ideas that are out there it's it, it's it's crazier and you realize what it's been like 30 something odd years you know since since the internet really became an accessible thing in everyone's house it's really crazy how it degenerated so fast to this point where we don't even know who the hell we are as a society anymore you know we don't know what's right and wrong anymore and people just don't care we don't know what a woman is anymore we don't know what used to be factual now we're questioning it and it's just like what the hell is going on whoever controls the narrative controls the universe and i think that's what we're seeing right now we just got to take that microphone back and we got to make it ours we've got to get back to where we are most comfortable where we all get along where we don't have to worry about our kids going to school anymore we don't need to worry about anything anymore we just got to work towards getting there This world could be as good as we make it, really. And uh, it all starts 
it all starts with us, man. You know, we just got to get our shit back. You don't want to be a couple of assholes. You know, you don't want to be a bunch of assholes. And that's where we're going to segue, people. Thank you for uh, for sitting through. This has been one of the weirder days. Uh, I can't wait till uh, Nerdette's here on Friday to talk about it herself. And she can give you her perspective because I'm sitting here at home just waiting for everything to be done. And she's doing her thing there. So uh, she'll be able to give me the full recap once I get to pick her up later when everything's done. And then we'll, we'll figure this all out. And, update you guys on friday but just want to get something out there so you guys um you know i had your should have listened to so we're doing a, doing right by our sponsors doing right by uh you guys and our our, our publisher you know there's a lot there's a lot more to it than just putting the microphone on and talking shit there's uh once you get to a certain point with this whole thing it's a lot more obligations you know but i do love doing it and i appreciate you guys for hanging out with us today i just wanted to throw that out there because you know we do appreciate you guys and um you know we try to give you what we can it's just life happens sometimes so here you go are you guys ready for this one i get to call the shots on this and that's one thing i'm happy about no matter what i say goes this time if i say this person's an asshole they're an asshole so this person wants to know am i the asshole for refusing to take my ex-wife as my plus one to my son's wedding my son is 22 my daughter's 18 Six years ago, my daughter caught my wife with another man. She told her brother who understood what she had witnessed when they both came and told me. I verified that it was true. Then I divorced my wife. During the divorce hearing, both of them expressed a desire to stay with me, so I was given primary custody with her getting one week a month. She moved in with the other guy. I've done my best to cut my ex out of my life. Our communication is limited to the bare minimum needed to coordinate custody and shared experiences and expenses and I have never talked about our relationship to my kids. Initially, after the divorce, she told me that her kids were giving her hell when it was her custody and that I needed to talk to them. I sat them down and asked if it was true when they said they didn't want to stay there, but I explained that it would be best for everyone if they remained civil until they turned 18 so we wouldn't have to go back to court. I didn't get complaints after that, so it seemed to be working. When my son turned 18, he moved back in with me full-time and started college. He graduated now and is getting married in a few months. My daughter turned 18 last summer and moved back in with me full-time, too. My ex-wife called me today and she started crying, saying that she was not invited to my son's wedding. Then she told me that my son hasn't talked to her in over a year. He had still been dropping in after turning 18 to visit his sister sometimes, but eventually stopped doing that, too. Likewise, apparently my daughter stopped talking to her after turning 18 as well. Then my ex-wife asked if I would bring her as my plus one so she could see her son getting married, but I told her if my son didn't invite her, it wasn't my place to bring her. Then she started accusing me of turning them against me and threatening to take me to court, but I told her that there was no more custody agreement to take the court since both of them are above 18 and I hung up on her. Kudos, sir. And I'm just going to stop there for a second. There's only a little bit more to go in this one. Um, I, I guess just to give my two cents here, I would have to say it's very irresponsible to have a bad relationship with somebody that you've shared children with after it's uh, a thing. You know, after it's done, no matter what the reasoning is, um, we all know who's at fault here. The kids know who's at fault here. It's it's obviously the wife, you know, she cheated on them. And you make your bed, you have to lie in it. If you cheat on your spouse, you know, your kids love your, your, your husband as much as they love you. I mean, you're both their parents, so you can't do somebody wrong and up in their entire life and tell them that, Hey, this guy's your new stepdad, and me and your dad aren't together anymore. It's just—it's just a really weird situation, and I couldn't imagine going through that as a child. I—I I, I guess you could say I was fortunate in the fact that that's how I was raised. I mean, my mom and dad were never together. They 
I mean, not not since I, I mean, when I was a baby, I think they split up. But I grew up with them always being separate, so I, I didn't know any difference. So I wasn't affected a certain way. These kids had had it for a while, and then they lost it, and they were left to question probably their whole lives. Was it me? What was it us that caused this separation? You know, they probably always had those thoughts, and they they saw their dad hurt. You know, it's 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 to be expected, and the fact that. He, he was cheated on. It, it's irredeemable. I mean, the fact that he even stayed somewhat civil to her. I don't know if I could. I, I mean, I, I I don't know if I could. It's irresponsible. I know I just said that, but it, it, it's tough because you, you have to swallow your pride. And that's something I was never really good at. It's it, it's tough. I mean, I could swallow my pride in a lot of circumstances, but I'm a very prideful human being. So I, I don't know how I would deal with that. You know, I It'd be very hard, and I know it would take me a long time if I ever did get over it. So I, I, I can't judge him. Those you can't blame the kids for being hurt. It's just like the mom's. She, she I mean, she lay, she made her bed and lay. I mean, she, she made her bed. She's got to lay in it now. You know, it's just one of those things. You, there is no right or wrong answer. You can't tell someone how to deal with grief because grief is subjective. Everyone's grief is differently. Some deal with it different than others. So you can't tell someone to get over it. It's tough. You just got to let them grieve, and eventually they'll come to you or they won't. You can't force it. Let's get back to it. I sat down with both of them later and asked them if they had cut contact from their mother, and they both admitted they did. I explained to them that they did not need to do that for my sake, and I still recognize she's their mother. But they both said they had talked about it a lot, and their plan was always to hold out until they were 18, but they had no desire to be around her or the other guy, because they both destroyed the family. I told them they are adults, and if that's her decision, I won't pressure them to change it. I was telling my sister what happened, and to my surprise, she said my son wasn't being fair, and I should... Make him invite his mother to the wedding. Am I the asshole for refusing the attempt? Uh, no, definitely not. Um, you don't invite someone to someone else's event. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's your kid or not. They're an adult. And if they want the mom there, they will invite her. If not, they don't have to have her. The worst thing I could imagine happening for that son would be for him to look at his beautiful bride. You, did anybody have any objections? And the mom just fucking stands up out of nowhere from the back of the room. No one knew she was there. Oh, oh, my, that's my son, and she just ruins the whole thing. And that would have been what should have been a beautiful moment for the kid ruined because the mom showed up uninvited. It would turn him against the dad, possibly, because he broke the trust and invited someone he didn't like. The dad did absolutely the right thing here because you, you can't make the situation uncomfortable for what should be their happiest day. And you know what? The mom deserves – she deserves to be shunned. That's the thing. And – um yeah, you're, you're not the asshole, sir. That was a very easy one. I wanted to get that one out of the way. Because, like I said, today was just a weird episode, man. It's one of those things where life happens. So um, just want to throw that out and uh, let you guys know that we will be back to normal on Friday. And uh, if you don't think that I'm right here, if you think this guy is an asshole, please try to defend this shit. Because I, I, I don't see any way you could possibly do it. But you know what the email is? It's voices of misery podcast at gmail.com and you can also find us on twitter where it's always popping I'm, I'm actually very active on twitter again and i stopped pushing it for a very long time because i just didn't care and just stopped going on there stopped tweeting as much it's been a lot more fun since elon musk came uh in, into power there and bought the company i don't think they've gotten rid of all the shadow banning i don't think they fix all the issues but it's a lot better than it used to be and um go ahead and sign up for twitter blue too i mean the best thing you could do is give them money Show them that you support what they're doing with free speech. This is not a paid ad for Twitter. They gave us a free month of the blue, and I, th I think it starts billing February if I put, like, a card on there or something. And I'm thinking I might do it. And it's not even about the blue check mark. It's about 
being able to say, I'm taking my money back because I don't like the direction you're going and, and hitting them where it hurts. Before they did whatever the fuck they wanted because there was no one holding them accountable. There wasn't any money coming from us. It was just a free account you make when you talk shit. You go somewhere else and it's like you lose the battle that way. You have to give money to companies that are showing you that they're doing things the right way. If they're allowing you to speak, if they're allowing you to share information, if you're allowed to find the truth about things, that's the ones you want to give your money to. And if they ever turn south on you, if Elon Musk starts banning people again for nothing, and if they start saying, hey, you know, COVID vaccine is safe and effective, and if you say it's not, you're banned, we all know that's not true. The COVID vaccine is absolute fucking poison and genocide on humanity. But the thing is, is you can say that now on Twitter. You can say things now, and you're not going to get penalized for it. The second they start, that's when you pull your money back, and then they feel it, and then they'll be forced to act, you know. I, I, I like the accountability aspect of it. So go ahead and do that, and uh, you, you can check us out on Twitter. As a matter of fact, I'm talking about it. It's at Voices of Misery. Um, you can check us out there. I gave you the email already. Check us out, please, and uh, say a prayer tonight for everyone out there who's suffering or dealing with some shit in life because you never know what's going on, you know. Um, there was a big-time suicide the other day to some people I follow. You guys probably wouldn't know who they were, but uh, I don't want to say their name to respect their privacy, but one of the guys, uh, his, his, his kid committed suicide, and very shocking. You didn't think it was going to be a thing. For those of you that know who I'm talking about, if you know you browse the Internet or whatever, um, you already know. It's really sad, unfortunate circumstances, but it just shows how life is precious. You know, you never know what's going to happen, and um, definitely say a prayer for everyone out there, and hope you guys are happy, healthy, and horny, and I hope you guys get laid and all that other good stuff, and you know, I'll be back on Friday, we are gonna make it, so we'll see you then.